there, Drama Queensland family. Uh, welcome to another episode of DQ Chats, our brand new podcast series uh, that we're bringing to you every couple of weeks where we talk about all the latest happenings in the world of drama education in Queensland. Um, my name's Matt Kapelke. I'm on the DQ committee, um, looking after a few areas such as uh, one of the editors of DQ News. I look after the website uh, and I help out sometimes with some of the PD workshops we offer. Today, we are here with a very awesome person, uh, following on from our last episode where Dana spoke to a pre-service teacher. Today, we're talking to a graduate teacher. So, Izzy, welcome to DQ Chats. Hi, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, so, how's it been being a graduate teacher this year? What have, what have been some of the highs and lows? Oh, look, there's been, there's been plenty of both. Um, I think I feel very lucky and blessed to have been able to teach drama in my first year of teaching. Um, and so that has definitely been, um, one of the highs. Um, I think also getting to do term rotations and refine my craft every term and get better and better, um, gives me a lot of confidence going into next year. Uh, one of the unexpected, I won't call it a low, just an unexpected, um, was definitely the uh, the drain that I feel at the end of the week. Yeah, it's definitely it. Oh, <laughs> uh, look, I think it's, it's one of those jobs, isn't it, where mm. you, you give a lot, particularly when you're teaching yeah. drama class and it's very practical because oh, you, yeah. you had a year seven class. Yes, so what high was, energy. <laughs> so, yes, I was going to say, what were some of the particular things you noticed um, coming brand new into that year seven class? Yeah, well, I guess one of the big things was that a lot of the students hadn't studied drama before or if they had, it had been a very stripped back version um so getting over some of the stigma that was around drama getting the students to feel comfortable um establishing the safe space the enclosed uh environment and community of the drama classroom was definitely the first hurdle and then from there it was a little bit more free-flowing once we had our very strict routines mm-hmm. um but, you know, I think one of the perks of having a year seven class was that they brought the energy already. So I didn't have to foster that as it was there and it just needed to be uh, harnessed, we'll say. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned about creating that safe space mm. and that ability for students to trust. Um, how did you go about that with a year seven class? Yeah. Um, first of all, I had very clear exits and entries for the kids. Um, I made sure that when we came in, we started every lesson with a check-in and the check-ins were quite lighthearted as well. Sometimes we would, you know, check in with a number from one to 10, tell ourselves or tell the group a little bit about ourselves and how we're feeling so that I could monitor, you know, who needs a bit of a push today or who needs a bit of, um, a bit of leniency today, but also so that the kids could feel that it's okay to start sharing how we're feeling and, and open up that dialogue, particularly with working in improv. There's already that sense of vulnerability, um, being on the stage or being involved in those activities and exercises. So the check-in process was the big one, uh, getting to know each other and not just, you know, teacher student, but student to student and starting with, you know, those kind of, um, icebreaker games, um, getting into really low level, low risk, low stake exercises at the start of term and then gradually pushing the students further. Um, I found that was the best way to do it. What was your favorite game to play with the kids? Oh, so many, so, so many. Um, 
Ninja is definitely one of them, but then COVID hit and we couldn't have the physical contact. Uh, but Ninja was a great one because it, it introduced, you know, um, movement and uh, we looked at synchronicity, we looked at ensemble and we looked at controlling our body, controlling our movement and being able to be still, which I think for the year sevens was a little bit of a learning curve for them. Yeah, you speak about uh, learning curves, Mm -hmm. being that you were um, coming into this brand new. How did you find that uh, the experiences you had in the classroom this year with your year sevens compared to the pracs that you completed as a pre-service teacher? Oh, so different. So, so different. I had, I was very lucky to have co-ed senior for my first major prac and then for my final major prac I had all boys junior um so coming into a co-ed year seven improv unit um, was a little bit of a little bit of a learning curve for myself in particular um I found that if you know if you bring the energy they tend to match it and they want to be involved and they want to please um and the kids really love the idea of just having that cathartic release so I found that improv was probably a blessing in disguise because I it could be a little bit more fluid and I could adapt on the fly. If, if the kids were rating in at threes or fours out of tens, then that was, that was definitely something that worked in my favor. Um, but it was different. And I think with drama, it's such an eclectic group and, you know, it's a place where kids can come in or anyone can come in and be themselves and be vulnerable. So I don't, really think that any time in my career or I hope not at least that that I'll get comfortable because I think every class is going to have a new set of challenges or a new kind of dynamic Um, and I think that's also the beauty of working in that field as well. Mm. What was it like first lesson walking in there because obviously when, when you're a pre-service teacher yeah. you have that extra little bit of security yeah, and support of having the yeah. supervising teacher in there but how did it feel that first drama lesson in February of 2020 oh. walking in and knowing that this was your group of kids they're sitting in front of you looking up at you and yeah. it's, it's your class and you can do what you want how, how, how did that feel? Oh, It was so empowering it felt so 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 great it felt like I could um, create or establish authentic connections with the students that I wasn't you know that the the students had trust in me and that they could be vulnerable with me and as opposed to being pre-service I felt I definitely worked to establish those relationships and I had great relationships with my students but there was still I wasn't their teacher you know there was still that kind of barrier as well and I think in a field like drama where it is so um so vulnerable yet you know, walking in as my own, as my own, uh, authority. And the kids looked at me as if I had that authority, you know, I think I faked it till I made it, but, <laughs> um, oh, well, it was so awesome. I was still doing that 20 yeah. years into our teaching professions. <laughs> I think too, like I, I, my first lesson with drama was at the end of the week, it was Friday period one. I'd come off the back of teaching English in a very linear classroom the entire week. And I was so excited to walk in a class, into a classroom that was, you know, no desk no chairs I was like yes I can just make this space my own and it's definitely where I feel more comfortable as well did you find that those relationships that you built in the classroom uh, with your year sevens um, did those have benefits for you outside of the classroom absolutely I mean I'm very lucky to work in a school where the the kids are so friendly so open and, and so willing to come up and have a chat anyway but you know I see them in my house and I've already got that relationship there and I think that's a nice 
thing as they grow up the year levels in the house and start to take on more responsibility that even though I might not be teaching them they know me they're familiar with me um, I'd see them on yard duty and they would help me support you know other kids and and kind of lift the standards for other kids as well if if they thought I was around and they wanted to be on their best behavior it definitely helped me across the board in behavior management in relationships with other students that I don't teach and just establishing myself as a teacher uh, yeah now year seven is not the only drama you're you've taught this year. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the uh, unexpected surprise you had on your semester two timetable? Yeah, yeah. We talk about learning curves, that's for yeah. sure. Um, I was given kindergarten drama, which was... So just to establish, yeah. you are secondary trained. I am, yes. And that's obviously the decision you made going into your education yes. degree. Yes, yes, um, And so, so you got... Do you want to just explain really briefly that detail? How, how did you come up to get yeah. the kindy? How, how did that process unfold that you found Absolutely. out? Yeah, so um, timetabling just didn't match up in, t- in semester two. There was too many drama teachers and not enough drama classes. Um, and it just happened that there was a vacancy in the kindergarten uh, rotations where they were previously studying Spanish. Uh, and, you know, I was approached by the Dean of Studies and the Head of uh, Creative Industries yourself um, <laughs> to see if I was interested. And I must admit I was quite um, apprehensive and quite hesitant to begin with because that's obviously not a field that I was prior or previously interested interested in um I'm not sure it's going to be a lifelong teaching area for me but it's been great in terms of figuring out um a way in which I can in 15 minutes establish these foundations for drama so that when these kids move up the year levels and eventually get up into year seven they already have some kind of foundational knowledge to work from Um, you know it's not so much a focused drama lesson as it is a 15 minute kind of movement based play based learning experience uh and i think that's really interesting that you know they're kindergarten but i'm playing games with them or exercises that i was doing with year sevens and they're getting the hold of it now and i think if that's what i if that's what can happen at this level as they move up and by the time they get to year seven their teacher will hopefully be quite amazed by the, the knowledge that they already have unknowingly or inherently. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see that where that then takes, you know, these these year levels coming through up into to senior. Yeah, so that could be potentially something that in 15 years' time suddenly you run into a person in the real world that, hey, you taught me in kindy. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm not sure they'll remember. They don't remember my name most Fridays, (laughs) but it is what it is. They do remember the the games, however. We play Grandma's Footsteps, and that's a hit. I played it with them maybe the first or second uh, lesson, and since then it's, it's like... You know, they're just blinders on. Can't can't introduce another game this because all we want to play is grandma's footsteps, which is great. Um, but we're we're trying to slowly introduce eight weeks in grandma's yeah, footsteps, yeah. losing a little bit of its teaching appeal. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm a bit over grandma's footsteps. Um, there's only so much you can do with it with, yes. with that level. Yeah. yeah, but no, it's it's great to see them so excited and to hear the feedback as well that they're loving drama you know um Mm. it makes me really excited because it's it's always a nice little moment to see a reflection of your own passion in someone else 
One of the reasons why I think we become drama teachers is because it's an area that we do get to see that creativity and that passion in young people. Yeah. And for the bulk of the drama classes that we might teach across our career, we're working with students that have chosen the subject. They've yes. chosen as an elective. They've made a conscious choice. But in your experiences this year as a, as a graduate teacher, um, you've had a selection of classes where there hasn't been that choice. Yeah. Uh, both kindy and year seven, it's been a compulsory subject that the students have taken at those year levels so with all that being said how did you find any experiences where you had students in the classroom that maybe didn't want to study drama or didn't want to be there didn't see the value and in that case how did you kind of approach that yeah absolutely um there was definitely a few moments throughout the year was throughout the year with different students that um you know anxiety prevented them from feeling comfortable or um wanting to get up and perform in front of a group um there was you know personal issues or other stuff going on or some people just they just didn't feel um dramatically inclined and uh it just wasn't something that interested them um i think what i worked on doing this year and obviously would like to keep refining for the following years um, is I really worked to build a sense of trust and a, a strong relationship student to student so that it didn't become so much a matter of let's push you and push you and push you or make you do something you want to, you don't want to do, but really fostering that intrinsic motivation. Uh, so yeah, working on those relationships, I think modeling um, silly, goofy behavior myself it has been the best, the best thing because if their kids can see that that their teacher doesn't mind being ridiculous and getting involved and really just taking, you know, being all encompassing in their performance or their um, uh, their work within the exercise, then it makes them feel a little bit like they can do it. And there's definitely some times where I got up and embarrassed myself. Improv is, is not my favorite thing either, but <laughs> yeah. you got to fake it so that they, they feel like they can. And I think every time I matched, I brought the energy, they matched it. And, um, I think a massive uh, experience for me this this term and last term in particular is that just because it's not happening right away doesn't mean that it won't happen. And I think it's just that that um, notion of introducing them to this this uh, you know this concept of being open and being vulnerable. Um, I saw some growth, and some of the biggest growth that I saw was with students who had crippling anxiety. Mm. you know and uh were really really struggling in the drama classroom and who wouldn't who couldn't be involved in some of the activities or exercises because they just were not there yet and um getting into exercises like space jump um and other group-based improv exercises where it was just a opt-in kind of process and you could still feel a part of it even if you were just spectating or observing uh that really helped them and there was one student yeah she just she really really um had a difficult time in drama and it, it was quite quite heartbreaking to see but by the end of it the end of a term she got into space jump the whole group got behind her supported her clapped her in she came into the exercise she was there for you know a minute and left and that was probably the most i got out of her all term but that growth was astronomical you know i don't think it's measurable in how much they do but just their willingness to apply themselves yeah two last questions 
if you had a time machine and you could go <laughs> back in time to January of 2020, yeah. um, and leaving aside any obvious answers about warning the world about COVID-19, uh, if you could give your January self uh, one piece of advice, um, knowing what you know now, that yeah. would have made potentially your experiences in the drama classroom even more awesome than they were, mm. what would that be? I think, oh, that's so tough. That's, there's so many, but I think the biggest one is that if I'm going to ask the students something of the students, some kind of vulnerability, some authenticity, then you have to be willing to demonstrate it, you know. And I think uh, at first being a new teacher, you know, first year and kind of having those doubts, so it's almost like imposter syndrome. You're like, really? Someone's letting me in the classroom by yeah. myself and surely I'm not right for this or up for it and, and not knowing quite where you stand in the community itself as well and you know, there was, there was, I was dealing with my own kind of uh, self-doubt and I just wish I'd been more authentic and more vulnerable to begin with. Um, and hopefully then that would have just made it that little bit more easier, you know. Yeah, if I think if I'm going to ask my kids or my students to, to do something, to offer something of themselves, then I have to be willing to make that same offer. That's such an, an important part of being an, uh, an arts teacher, not just yeah. even drama, but arts, whether it's dance, whether it's music, visual art, film yeah. and media, that notion that we aren't just the teacher at the front of the classroom, mm. we aren't just the teacher of imparting knowledge and skills and so on, that we are living in that parallel world of not just all of that, but also the ability to empower the, the, yeah. the students and to give them that support and that encouragement and make them feel safe because creativity can't thrive if yes. the person who you want to have be creative can't yeah. feel safe to explore that. So I think that's a really important point. Yeah, and I think, you know, having studied drama at uni and my passion for drama itself one of the biggest thing I've, I've learned as an artist and being surrounded by other artists and other creatives is that creativity cannot work. It cannot function in a world where there's no failure. And, mm. um, the students, I wish I'd shown the students more of my own failure, but I let, I kind of at the start, particularly let that fear of not being good enough or that self doubt drive my, you know, I, I wanted to be perfect the perfect teacher with the perfect exercises and the perfect lesson plans. And it just, I needed to just dive in, show the messy world of creativity early on, and then let the students kind of navigate their own way through that as well. Uh, if you, using that um, same time machine, actually let's drop the time machine metaphor. <laughs> we do have a number of pre-service teachers who are members uh, of Drama Queensland. Uh, and if you're listening to this and you're not a member of Drama Queensland, you're a pre-service teacher, make sure you go to our website and sign up. It's uh, really, really valuable resources there when you're starting out. That's my plug done. Uh, <laughs> But we do have a number of pre-service teachers that do listen to uh, who are members and hopefully listening to the podcast right now. What advice would you give them um, that you're a year further down the journey of becoming a, an amazing drama teacher? What advice would you give them to, for next year? Oh, oh God. <laughs> um, Saving that tough one to the end. In terms of, in terms of the academic side of school, um, you know, I think just give and share and take and give and share and take. And if you're going to take, you need take resources, take ideas, you need to give back and do not feel like presenting a resource and, and or presenting an idea and another teacher kind of um, builds upon that or says, oh, I don't know if that's going to work. Don't take that as your own personal failure. Just, it just, you have to let it go. And mm -hmm. um, 
you have to be willing to understanding, adapting, um, and and taking advice. Um, but in terms of the teacher side of it, which particularly with drama is that you really, really, really need to be prepared for the emotional toll it takes on you each day, each week, especially in a place like drama where the students feel that trust um, and they want to confide in you and they want to be supported by you. And even if you have a lesson or a week's worth of lessons that are all positive and all great experiences, the energy that it takes to care for the students and support them and match their energy in the classroom is exhausting and I think uh you just really need to take good care of your own mental your own holistic health and to make sure that you've got the right processes in place so that it's not a matter of I just need to get to the end of the week it's a matter of you know you're there in the moment present for each day and that despite the exhaustion and the you know and the toll it takes it's still the most cathartic experience the most cathartic career i think yeah mm. well izzy thank you very much for your time today and sharing some insights as a graduate drama teacher thank you uh, <laughs> and yeah and thanks for everyone for listening at home to this episode of dq chats mm-hmm.